Last week we discussed together a beautiful teaching from the Ishbitzer Rebbe where the Ishbitzer Rebbe said that each and every one of us has three names. Has three names. And we discussed We discussed essentially what it would be like to make a claim on the third, the most difficult of the names that we are given. The Ishbitzer said we're given a name at birth, and that's the name that our parents give us, and then there's a name that we acquire from our friends, the thing they know us as. That's the second name. And the third name is the, a name that we acquire for ourselves. That's our name. And so we arrive at this week's Torah portion where Yaakov Avinu, Jacob the patriarch, is going to be receiving, in essence, a name that he earned for himself. The Parsha will begin with a bifurcation, a splitting of camps. And the splitting of the camps, as Shmuel Klisner writes beautifully and precisely in his book, Wrestling Jacob, is a symbolic expression of the split within Jacob. Jacob, the one who could wear his brother's clothing and say, Anochi Esav Becherecha, I am Esav, I am Esau, your firstborn. That Jacob has met his moment, the moment that we have been working towards for the last two Shabbatot, the last two Parshiot. Vayishlach Yaakov Malachim El Esav Achiv Arza Seir Sedeadom. Jacob anticipates that the time has come for him to reconcile or not with his brother Esau. And so I'd like to focus on that moment, that rapprochement, by focusing on all of the things that happened before, and specifically three things. Jacob, we are told, sends everyone across, including himself. But then it seems that he's back on the other side of the Yabok River. How did Jacob and why did Jacob go back over the Yabok River? What was it that called him, so to speak, after having placed all of his family safely on one side of that river to return? Number one. Number two. How is it, and what is it, that Jacob was struggling with in that wrestling match before he finally meets his brother? And number three, how can it be that the Torah describes Jacob as arriving after this wrestling match with a wound in his leg, arriving at a place called Shalem, which literally means a place of wholeness? As Rashi indicates there, Jacob arrives whole, after this wrestling match. So one thing you need to know, and all of us need to know, is that this is one of the most densely, literarily beautiful pieces of the Torah. It is replete with light vorts and words that repeat themselves over and over and over again, signaling to us something specific, something fantastic, something that needs to draw our attention in. And two words that scholars point out appear 
first seven times, then three times, and a number of other times. The word for face, panim, and the word for behind or back, va'echar or acher, achar. So who is Jacob? Who is Jacob going to meet? The Gemara in Masachet Chulin, the Talmud says an amazing thing. Jacob had already crossed over the Yabok, and you can hear in that an oral homonym of sorts for his own name, Yaakov, Yabok. He'd already crossed over that river, and he forgot something back in the tents. Pachim Ketanim Nishklak Yaakov Avinu. Yaakov Avinu, Jacob the patriarch, forgot a bunch of jars, little pachim, little jars, little jars. And the Talmud goes on to say, and then all of the commentaries say, that those jars that he forgot, believe it or not, are the source for the pachshem and echad, the one little jar of oil that was sealed with the priest's seal that we used and we found on Hanukkah. Mysterious teaching, no? Centuries before, very odd. Jacob went back to get these little jars. And the Talmud connects that to the holiday of Hanukkah. In our inner work, everybody, we come to know two profound ways of approaching our pain and our suffering. There are two distinct but necessary approaches, modalities of engaging what it is that hurts. Jacob, in this first scene and in the first answer, is doing the work, we'll connect it to Hanukkah in a moment, is doing a very important work, the work of what I'm calling what. He's doing the work of retrieving, recovering, going back, in a sense, which is why the word echar and panim, face and back, is so common in the Jacob story. He's going back, in a sense, to get the things that he left behind. He's doing the work of psychological archaeology. He's digging deep to find what it is that's been lost. Jacob goes back to get the pach shemen. He goes back to get those things, the little cans, the little things. And he's left alone in that place to meet someone. The rabbis tell us that he met Saroshel Esav. He met the angel of Esav. It could have been an ish, it could have been an angel. But probably more accurately, he met himself. Vayivater Yaakov levado. Jacob is left alone. Vayavek ishimo adalos shachar. If he's alone, then he's not wrestling. If he's alone, he's not wrestling with anyone. Jacob meets all of the things that he has been refusing to meet his whole life. And in the first work, or shall we say, without naming it in a serial way, in one kind of work with pain, with suffering, we need to know the what of our story. We need to know the, the pieces, the retrievals. What is it? The ma of it. It's no coincidence, as Shmuel Klistner points out, that the word Haggadah or Gid is going to appear here in this story because Lahagid is to tell, and that's exactly what we do on Pesach. 
On Passover, we tell a story of what, and it begins with a ma. Manishtana, what is it? What is your story? What is your pain? What is it that is crying within, that is making you cross back over and over and over and over and over again in the circle and spiral of your life in order to touch again and again until you finally bring it back with you and say, yes, this is my pach, this is my vessel. And that work is important. It's vital. Carl Jung said that whatever we don't work through, unconsciously we meet in the world as fate. Whatever we don't work through in our life story, we meet as fate. So what is your story? What have you left behind? What are you taking with you? The second modality will relate directly to the third question. The, third, the second modality of being with pain is simply the that of pain. That it is. There's no story. There's no blame. There's no fingers to point. The second modality of pain asks pain one question. Allow me to enter in. It's not a story. It certainly is not a why. It isn't interested in the question of why. It is interested just in touching the pain. Can I meet you? Can I see you? The great Buddhist teacher Stephen Levine wrote, examining what we feel or that we feel, not analyzing the why of it, we discover the labyrinthine patterns of our grief and unfinished business. That which has seemed so untouchable in the past is cradled in the arms of forgiveness and compassion, and the armoring begins to melt. The path to the heart becomes straight and clear. Straight and clear. Recognizing how this exploration of our grief, of the ways of our old suffering, opens the path to joy. Once we remove the question of why and even what, we may see our pain face to face, accepting it for what it is. Then we can begin to truly grieve, which softens the pain. This finally meeting pain in a straight way is the significance of the name that Jacob has been working towards his whole life. Jacob will now be called the straight one, Yashar El, the one who is meeting things, panim el panim, meeting his obstacles in his life, meeting his brother eventually and kissing him, meeting those things that he has been sneaking from, conniving from, heel sneaking away. Jacob will allow himself to be touched in a place of deep vulnerability. That is the significance of the wound that Jacob gets from his own self, the wound that makes him whole. Jacob can't be shalem until he has that place, that kafirech shal Yaakov, that has now been dislocated and now relocated. Because Jacob has always been walking with a limp. He just hit it well. Jacob comes 
whole in his vulnerability and in his place of softness. Tyre de Chardin, the great paleontologist and Catholic theologian, wrote that all things have tears in them. All things have tears in them. Jacob is finally feeling the tears in him. It's no mistake, the Hasidic masters tell us that the word for hollow of his hip, kaf, and the word for jar, pach, are the same letters. He located his jar, you see. He found that place in him that just hurts. Without putting Jacob's, I'm sorry, Esau's clothing over it, without running to Lavan, Jacob is ready finally to be yashar, to be straight, to face it and just say, it is. This is the way it is. I've been struggling my whole life. I remember back when I was in my mid-20s and I had already been doing a lot of deep work with, with various teachers and therapists and so on. I remember coming to a, a plateau in my, in my work and it usually had something to do with being in a place of remembering and feeling pain and then starting to tell a story. Yeah, you know, the reason why I'm here is because this happened and then this happened and this went on for months until finally the person I was working with said to me, David, you know, I really know your story already. You've been telling it to me now for four years. And it usually is the same thing right around this moment. So why don't you take a deep breath right into here and just say, I hurt. And that's it. It hurts. I hurt. And as I began to breathe there, I started to cry. And as I began to melt, and as the pain in my heart began to soften, I felt something amazing. All of a sudden, that pain that felt so insurmountable, that pain that I had to continuously obstruct its movement by telling about it instead of meeting it face to face, panim el panim, it began to move. My whole body shifted. I began to feel the pain, not just my own pain, but the pain that is life. The pain of my mother and my father and my brothers and my sisters and my cousins and people that I didn't even know. And all of a sudden, I hurt began to swell into we hurt. Life hurts. We can run, but we can't without remainder. This is the deeper lesson of Hanukkah and that little pach. In the middle of the deepest part of the winter, at the deepest point in the lunar calendar, in two weeks, when all of the light seems to be gone from our mother, the moon, we'll light a candle and say, let me look at these candles. We don't use them for anything. We just look at the candles. We just stare at that place where light and darkness meet, and we redeem in that place. So my blessing and my prayer. My blessing and my prayer is that as we, as spiritual practitioners, work with our life and all of its complexities, that we do the work of wedding, of telling our story with 
zeal with retrieving pieces that we long ago forgot. And we also ripen ourselves in the work of meeting our pain with the equanimity, with the strength, with the courage that says, if I meet it and I touch it, it will move, it will shift. And I will open into a much larger embrace that is waiting for each and every one of us. May God bless us with that as we rise on page 46 for the Aleinu. <laughs>